So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So There. Welcome to episode 27 of So So There. There. I'm Tom Karamitis. I'm Gary Doyle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Good. I'm, I'm, I'm recovered from the Jane from New Jersey episode. I feel like we, we came up a little short in our singing comparison to Jane, but I, I, I applaud the fact that we put our singing effort out there for all of America to judge. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I think it was it really uh, it really kind of stood out in stark relief against Jane's uh, against Jane's pipes. The interesting thing is we didn't get a single piece of uh, viewer mail from that episode. Um, could it be because people are incredibly off-put or stunned, <laughs> or both, <laughs> or both? Um, if you are, we understand that. It's it's uh, you can't unhear what we did. All right, well, I want to kick things off uh, with a little feature that will probably only last this episode. Um, I call it Death by a Thousand Cuts. There, I started collecting a series of things that happen in your life that usually only take 10 seconds or less, but have this outsized negative influence on your overall health and probably the length of your life. And I, I came up with three of them that that tend to happen to me quite a bit. Gary, maybe you have some you would add. Now, why Uh, why are you calling this death by a thousand cuts? Because I think the the cumulative effect of these things is is a measurable shortening of your lifespan, (laughs) even though it's in, like, say, 10-second increments. Are they... You mean it shortens your life by 10 seconds? Yeah. Are they things that make you pray for the sweet release of death? Perhaps, at times. Okay. Times. All right. The first one for me uh, would be enduring that, in, in, enduring the, um, the, the, the voicemail thing you get uh, before you actually hear the message somebody left for you. You have to hear this voice uh, say the date, time, and phone number, and sometimes even the length of the message. It's, it's utterly useless information. If and you'd it, like to leave a callback number, by calling, you leave a callback number. Every phone has a record of that, but that's part of their verbiage is if you'd like to leave a callback number, press pound. Yeah, and I also, I, I also think, and it might have been you that had the theory that uh, since people are generally sometimes still paying for the minutes they use, it's an insidious way to increase the amount of time you're on their network. Right. Right. So that was one of them. Another one is um, uh, uh, being uh, in line at the grocery store... And um, the person in front of you, they, they have finished their transaction, but the cashier is engaging them in conversation. They have no more official business to conduct. The transaction is completed. But you stand there just waiting for their stupid conversation to end so you can buy your raisin bran. Do you, uh, do you shake your head and brood when they're doing that? Yeah, I, 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 do, I, I, I huff a little bit. Uh, I sigh. I do an eye roll. I look at your watch. 
I look at my watch. I'll look back. Shift from side to side. All of that. I'll even look back at the people in line behind me with a bit of a shoulder shrug, and you know. Yeah. But I find it's very it's it, it it is quite quite irritating, and in the long run, it it takes a lot out of me. It sounds sounds like an elaborate theatrical pantomime <laughs> that you perform for the shoppers. You see, my my other theory on that one is that the cashier is well aware of what he or she is doing, and resents me because. You know, that person's a cashier and doesn't like their job, perhaps. I'm not saying necessarily that all cashiers don't like their job, but they're not going anywhere. They know I, I, I'm in a hurry. Boom, boom, boom. They're not going anywhere. I think they also resent you because you're good looking and talented. And, you know, a lot of people resent people who are good looking and talented. I think that might be part of it. I'm neither, but thank you. Okay. The last one is, is uh, I had this happen last weekend, uh, is, is sitting at an intersection at a red light, and there is not another car for miles, and you are enduring the red light. There's absolutely no risk in you going through, and, 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 and you know, you, you wonder why isn't there just a stop sign? Why is there a traffic light here? And waiting, and it's, it just seems to be interminable. And um, I just find I kind of die a little inside in those situations. Things that make you die. Little by little, yeah. When I was much younger, I was in that situation. It was four in the morning. I, I worked on a TV show called Good Morning America. Yeah. I think it's still on there. David Hartman. And I was running late, yes. Uh, and, and I was at an intersection, and there was not another car in sight, and I decided to kind of make my full stop and then go through the intersection, and sure enough, there was a police officer hiding somewhere, pulled me over. Yeah. So that's why I don't. I, I no longer even have close to have the courage to do that again to go through. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I sympathize with that. You know, the thing about the cell phones has been an, an, an irritant of mine for a long time. And, and to your point, I did read an article which astounded me and has stayed with me. Now, it may be less the case now because a lot of people have unlimited uh, minutes, but not everybody does, obviously. And and what I read was that that is a calculated effort by the cell phone companies to up their minutes, all that needless verbiage. And in fact, they make a substantial amount of money on that. At the time of the article, I wanted to say it was in the hundreds of millions. So it was a def it was a definitive and distinct and purposeful business plan to have those things and they still do you know uh, uh if you'd like to leave a callback number is just absurd i mean when you call somebody they have a record of your number right right uh, and and to have to sit through uh hearing the number read out loud that called you when you already have that number in your phone because they called you um to have to listen to how long the call was all of that is is this there's, there's no meaningful information at all in there it's and you can't you can't bypass it. You can't hit the pound key and get right to the message. Right, right. Uh, I, I sympathize with their second point as well. I, I I I'm not you know I don't like pleasantries really of any kind. And so when people exchange pleasantries and I get frustrated with that, um, I, I tend to be unpleasant. And so uh, yeah, when when you've when you've finished your transaction and you continue with the pleasantries, that that is uh, uh, that is frustrating. And I get frustrated with people. Um, in the grocery store who pay with cash 
or better yet, pay with a check. So the bill comes and it's $58.42 and they, they get out their checkbook and they write a check and then they tear it out then they hand it over to the person. It's like, who, who pays for groceries with a check? Okay, but I'll, I'll take what you just said and I'll add to it because not only do they tear off the check, then they write the amount in their checkbook register. They enter it in their <laughs> checkbook register. So there's more action, more accounting work to be done. <laughs> Yes, or the people that that write a check at the grocery store line to get cash. So they'll write a $20 check. Have you seen this before, this gambit? So you'll write a check to get cash. There's a thing called an ATM, you know, that's... uh, So they'll write a check for like $20. $20 to get $20. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Another thing that slows down a check is 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 the ID you have to you know provide with it. So it's this whole big. It's just yeah, it's awful. Messy yeah, transaction. that makes you die. Yeah. yeah, it makes you pray. As Tom Karamitis had a poster outside his office when I worked at Leo Burnett, a poster with a man and a thought balloon came out of his his head, and it said, "I pray for the sweet release of death." I tell you, when I uh, speaking of driving, and it wasn't it was at a stop sign. It was different from what you encountered, but uh, or that you, that made you uh, uh, die die a little. But last night I was crossing a street, and and a, a woman in a car um, committed a trifecta of uh, of uh, of bad behavior all in one fell swoop. So I was crossing the street, and she drove in front of me instead of waiting for me right to cross in front of her. So she didn't wait. She just plowed ahead before I got to the crosswalk. So she didn't wait. So that was one thing. As she did that, she spit out the window. Not at me. Just, you know, like how some people like to spit on the sidewalk. They just do. She spit. And as she was going through the intersection, she started looking at her phone. <laughs> so that was a trifecta of badness. Uh, uh, n- almost running me over, spitting out the window, and looking at her phone do you ever pound drove. on their trunk when they do that as they oh, go by give a I, slap on the trunk um probably not in the me too movie. i uh so i have i i don't i have a couple of times and to be to be put a fine point on it i didn't slap on the trunk because that seems kind of violent but here's my gambit i knock on the side of their car with my knuckle just a little you know a little just to let them know you know, just to let them know. Now, I don't make a habit of that because there's crazy people out there. But I have done that once or twice. It, it tends to be, so let's say you're walking in a, downtown in, in the loop on a street and somebody goes into a parking garage. That's a, a gambit that drivers do. They don't want to wait for all the walkers to walk. They're like, well, I'm going to plow ahead. I'm going to go to my parking garage, even if there's people crossing the, the, the sidewalk. And so when they do that, I, I might give a little tap on their side of their car just to let them know. That knuckle tap you just did. Knuckle tap. I want K- to mention. KT. Not KT, not to be confused with TK. <laughs> that knuckle tap heralds in a new age in So There. This is the first time. Gary Doyle is taking advantage for the first time of a prop. That prop being a table. For the first time ever, Gary Doyle and Tom Carmitas are sitting at a table as they record so there. If you're if you're noticing a little a little lack of energy, if it's a bit of a more low energy podcast so far, that's because we're sitting in comfortable chairs and facing each other as opposed to what we used to do, which was stand up and kind of hunch over to speak into the microphone, and that created a kind of energy because it was so awkward. 
We don't have that now. We're comfortable, and so perhaps, perhaps the podcast lacks energy. I, I feel it's a little, and I wouldn't say necessarily lack of energy. I feel a little more thoughtful, perhaps. Thoughtful, uh, reflective. We're looking at each other a lot more, too. Deeply. Yes. It's like listening to NPR. Yes. Like the side of the car. <laughs> Okay, so to take this back to marketing, I'd like to talk a little bit about the upcoming uh, advertising festival of excess known as the Super Bowl. Uh, is coming up in a week, uh, a few days from now when you hear this. Um, the Super Bowl is when all advertisers, it's like, it's like you, somebody says to you, you need to tell the funniest joke in the world. It has to be the funniest joke. And by the way, um, 60 million people are going to be listening to your joke, so it better be good. It had better be good. I mean, funny. So this is what this is the the pressure that the world and clients put on agencies, and they're like, okay, I have to make the best ad ever. And so every ad in the Super Bowl, I'd say, except for maybe three or four. Just feels, just bears the brunt of that pressure, and just you can feel it—the sweat, and the and the the nervousness, and the, the and the uh, pressure to create the greatest, funniest, biggest ad ever. And it's always, it always makes me embarrassed to be in advertising when I when I watch the Super Bowl with friends, and they're all. They're all so into the ads. They're look unlike usually. They're, unlike usual, they're they're paying attention. They want them to be good. They're watching them and 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 they're psyched. And then they they happen and they're and they're terrible. And I I just turn to people and I'm like I'm sorry, and I, and I'm speaking as someone that's had ads in the Super Bowl three or four times. So I I know what it's like. It's hard, but you know I, I just apologize for my industry. It's like I'm I'm sorry. It's embarrassing. It's a very interesting insight what you just said also because. Your friends, who perhaps are not in advertising, this is the showcase for your industry. So even though you may not have a spot in the Super Bowl, in an odd way, you're kind of taking some responsibility for the quality of the work. And you kind of feel like a need to apologize for your industry. I feel like the last couple of years have been letdowns. Um, I feel like we've talked about this in the pod <clears throat> that way. And Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've been letdowns for a lot longer than that. So maybe maybe I'll be uh, surprised. But that's my take on the Super Bowl. I'm glad you brought it back to marketing, which was one of the original original themes of So There. Marketing and inexplicable human behavior. Yes, yes. I want to draw a parallel. Uh, between the life of an ad campaign and the life of a star in the heavens. Stars generally go from like our sun, then they become a supernova where they're huge and bright and massive, and then they burn out. The, the supernova stage is kind of right before, in the span of millions and millions of years, but right before the sun dies out. I think sometimes campaigns go through a very similar thing, and one I, I was thinking about over the weekend was... Um, the TD Ameritrade guy, the professorial guy with the beard, and most of that campaign... In the green room. Yes, and most of the campaign has been him talking to people and, you know, some fairly witty, entertaining um, banter. I've seen spots the last few weeks where, one, where they've been takeoffs on old movies and old TV shows. They did a very authentic 
re, uh, a reenactment of the opening of that TV show, Get Smart, where he's walking down, dun da 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 and he's walking and the doors are opening like, like Don Adams. And there's another one where they've done a reenactment of a, of a scene from one of the Rocky movies. In fact, I even think he runs by that guy Dolph Lundgren on the beach who, who played Drago in Rocky IV. But I thought... To I will finish you. I will, <laughs> I will finish you. <laughs> but I thought, out, I thought to myself, you know, I, this seems to be perhaps the death rattle for that campaign. They felt the need to take him out of the office... And now they're realizing he's really not that entertaining. So now where are they going to go? You know, they're kind of, they've blown it up to the supernova stage. They're doing big parodies and it's getting really wacky. Where do they go from there? Yeah. Yeah, at some point you run out of ideas for the campaign and, and they all end up in space. <laughs> and you know, when, you've, when you end up in space, you're like, Where do you go okay. next? Yeah. There's nowhere to go. Yeah, we've done space. Um... Yeah, time for a new campaign. <laughs> also coming up soon are the Oscars. Gary Doyle has seen four of the nine movies. I'd like to review them. Joker. Very dark. I can't say I enjoyed it, but I respected it. It had a vision. We are going to make a dark, nihilistic movie and they went for it i respect that i didn't enjoy it but uh but i respected it and joaquin phoenix was excellent and i am sure will win best actor two and a half stars out of four the irishman liked it a lot saw it twice people are astounded by that because it was eight hours long but i watched it twice because there was uh there was a lot there to, to get your head wrapped around. I felt, I felt the bigger statement of it was Martin Scorsese looking back on his life and saying, did I make the right choices? Because that was the theme of The Irishman. And I thought that's why he directed that movie, which to me was profound. Um, did you see it twice because you're an Irishman? That didn't factor into my thinking. Three and a half stars for The Irishman. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Overpraised. Good probably the most enjoyable Quentin Tarantino movie I've seen since Pulp Fiction. It wasn't violence porn, which his movies have descended to since Pulp Fiction. Um, enjoyable, um, but overrated. A good watch. Two and a half stars. Finally, Marriage Story. Should have called it, uh, I don't know, bitter, angry, awful divorce story. Unpleasant to watch. It was like two hours of people yelling at each other. Uh, not enjoyable. And I did not respect it like the Joker, although I also did not enjoy the Joker. Two stars for Marriage Story. That is my Oscar picks of the four movies I've seen. Two movies that did not get nominated for Best Picture Awards, but were better than, I'd say, all of those except The Irishman are... Dolomite is my name, the Eddie Murphy movie on Netflix. Highly recommended, highly entertaining, and Uncut Gems, the Adam Sandler vehicle, which was outstanding. So there. Uh, first, I want to apologize to you because I didn't realize there was more to your thing than just the Super Bowl commercials, and I kind of jumped right in with TD Ameritrade. So I 
Sorry for that. No apology necessary. I don't like that TD Ameritrade guy. He he makes me feel guilty. He 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 seems like he's a, he's judging me. You don't have enough money saved for retirement, do you? I don't know. It's just the vibe I get from him. He, I feel like he's he's looking down on me. Maybe it's the beard. Maybe we don't need to plan for retirement. Maybe we need to plan for what what's next. As he said in one of his recent commercials. I actually like him. He's got a slightly a slight lisp, which I find is a little irritating and distracting. But I actually like him. He's a bit of a nebbish. Yes. Yeah. But, ne- but nebbish. professorial, so I think he conveys that whole, you know, he's he's good guy to trust with your your your, your retirement. Um those, uh, the movies you mentioned, I, I haven't seen any of them. Uh, although not you, surprising. Not surprising. I, I did see a movie this past week, and I saw Knives Out. I heard that's very good. Uh, it was good. Um, if I had known what it was before I went to see it, I might not have seen it. It's really a whodunit, and I thought it was really, from the previews, just kind of a witty ensemble piece of some kind. But it was, it was, it was good. I, I liked it. Was it a British accent movie? No. Good. But Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, and... What's his name? The guy who, uh, 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 who uh, Don Johnson. Don Johnson? Yes. Yeah. Wow. From Miami Vice fame. And the guy who played Bond. What's his name? That's the Daniel British Craig. accent. Yes. Daniel and he Craig. was fabulous. So. And he has a British accent, though. Yes, he does. Yeah, I don't he like the, those. He was the best part of that movie. For British shows, I have to put the subtitles on. My whole family makes fun of me because I can't understand what they're saying. So I struggle. So there. So we mentioned we got no viewer mail after the Jane episode. However, we did get viewer mail after the filibuster episode, which was our our lengthy, tedious uh, uh, filibuster on nothing in particular, where we determined to just talk as long as we could for no apparent reason. But we got a uh, an email about that from a listener named Anne. Anne says, Gary and Tom... I want to congratulate you on the success of your filibuster episode. You must still be reeling from the listener feedback, and I'm sorry to be late to the proverbial party for just having listened to it today. The longer-length episode is exactly the entertainment I needed on my three-hour luxury bus ride from Austin to Fort Worth, which got me thinking, is luxury bus an oxymoron? Let me know your thoughts. In the filibuster pod, you talked about overrated foods. I was surprised neither of you mentioned artichokes. They're so, so is in all caps, so much work with very little payoff. Do they even offer nutritional benefits? I'd like to hear your perspective. Lastly, given the overwhelming success of the filibuster episode, are you considering going to a longer length pod Permanently, I would surely enjoy it, as I'm sure the other listeners would too. Merry Christmas, Anne. That was a good letter. Artichokes is very good. I, I feel like artichokes. Uh, I would agree. I, I like the taste of artichokes. I feel like the artichokes were kind of an. Do you feel it's kind of an '80s food? You don't hear much about yeah. artichokes, but I agree. An enormous amount of effort. Yeah, a lot of squeezing for not much juice, right? Uh, artichoke hearts were delicious in salads. My mother used to steam artichokes when I was a kid and serve them to us, and we dipped the artichoke leaves in butter. So did we. You really? Those, yeah, those outside <coughs> things. That was in, yeah, yeah, 80s, 70s, 70s, 80s thing. Um, luxury bus, definitely an oxymoron, I believe. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I, I have a hard time a, picturing Anne riding a greyhound, but maybe she did. Might, maybe it was the only mode of transportation available. In Texas? Uh, yeah. I, you could have taken a horse. You could take the John Madden cruiser would be would, would be in a very luxurious bus. Or what about, you know? Right. So. Right. Um, the Better O'Rourke's bus is available, by the way. Um, the Betomobile? Betomobile. And uh, a longer length pod. Uh, uh, truthfully, Ann, you're the only person that has asked for that. And I think there's a reason for that because nobody wants that. So we will probably keep it to 20 minutes. Gary, in fairness, though, I think you'd like to do more filibusters. I do. I like nothing better than the sound of my own voice. I think you you don't fear the sound of your own nasal whistling as you just stare at me and breathe through your nose with nothing to say. You look at that potentially as intriguing entertainment, and it terrifies me. But I think, I, I, you know what, I, I would be open to trying another filibuster. That last sentence you said just makes no sense, and I can't begin to get my head wrapped around it. But I, when I listen back to this, I think I will. But I think it was brilliant. I think you you don't fear the sound of your own nasal whistling as you just stare at me and breathe through your nose with nothing to say. You look at that potentially as intriguing entertainment, and it terrifies me. Speaking of brilliant, we're going to do something very rare. We're going to preview the next podcast, which I think will be sometime in February. Gary and I share, both share a lot of uh, uh, issues and complaints and things that have happened to us in restaurants. So we thought um, maybe what we should do is bring on a restaurant expert and air our grievances to the restaurant expert um, and get his or her point of view. Well, we, our, first, our first thought was that we are the experts because we've eaten in restaurants. So we're experts. We are. But then we thought we should probably up our game and find an even more expert expert. So uh, since we're going to be honored with, with an, uh, a restaurant expert with us on the next episode, we'd like to also supplement our meager issues with asking you viewers to submit restaurant dilemmas you've had. Please send us your comments and restaurant questions and dilemmas to so there at yahoo.com. And yes. Yet, is it uh, is it your fellow diners? Is it their behavior? Is it something waiters do? Is it uh, is it uh, uh, you know uh, uh, menus or the things on menus? What what about restaurants flummox you and uh, and frustrate you? As my kids used to put those two words together, fluster and frustrate. Does it frustrate you? Let us know. And until next time, this is Tom and Gary saying so, so there. there.